Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of this rock and sock dynamic duo. Was that a little bit better for you? My co-host is the one and only Lynn Martez. Lynn, what's up, man? <laughs> is that a little bit better for you? Who are you talking to? <laughs> you. You. I was talking to I you. Know, but no one but knows. I had to introduce no you first. Yeah, no one knows you were talking to me because that's the first thing you said. You just had to just have to let it play out. Give it time. Yeah, let it let breathe. It play out. Let it flow. Let it breathe. Like the 2021 season is about yeah. ready to breathe with training camp just days. And I said days, not 365, not 120. Not 30 days. I'm talking about uno, dos, tres. Days coming at you. Football 2021 sound. Before you know it, unfortunately, it'll be over. Because that's how the season goes. But coming for you, 2021. The reigning, defending Super Bowl champions. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, training camp kicks off July 25th. That is this Sunday at the Advent Health Training Center. The Buccaneers, uh, check out Buccaneers.com for information on if uh, you want to attend. It is open to different groups, season ticket holders, things like that, all throughout training camp. It is not open to the just the general public. So check out Buccaneers.com if you want to attend training camp this year. It starts July 25th. And then in just a few weeks, preseason, the Bucks and the Bengals at Raymond James Stadium kick things off on August 14th at 7.30 p.m. Well, I mentioned training camp is here. We are, today's episode is going to be a Buccaneers training camp preview. We're going to talk about possible position battles that you might see throughout training camp, as well as guys who are trying to make the team, who might be in danger of missing the team. And then uh, we will talk about other storylines to watch in 2021 training camp for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Before we get into that, your quick social reminders. Follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. Follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience. And as always, follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And check out BucksNation.com for the latest on everything Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You will find it on that their website. And wherever you're listening to this, click that subscribe button, especially if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people see the show. And when uh, and when you, it helps you see the show because you don't have to do anything. It's just downloaded to your preferred listening device every single week when a new episode drops. Also leave us a review. It helps us know what we're doing well and what you want to see more of or what you want to hear less of on the Bucks Nation podcast. All right, Lynn, training camp, just a few days away. And what everybody looks for uh, when you're going into training camp, everyone loves a good position battle. And with the Buccaneers, uh, I think it's safe to say on a Super Bowl team where you bring back every single starter, I think that you're probably looking at a scenario where the majority of the starters on this football team are pretty much locked in, but there are a few that you can look at as far as uh, a starting position on this football team. 
one on offense that we've really that we've talked about as far as the running back position even though that is going to end up being split I think what happens in training camp and Bruce Arians mentioned this throughout the offseason especially in minicamp as far as whoever uh, which of the running backs Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette steps up and has the best training camp uh, will be the starter heading into the season and then you can hot hand man yeah for sure hot hand and then you always been and then you can even talk about uh, this is it's going to correlate with uh, who makes the team as well, as far as who is the starting kick returner on this team. Do you have a take on either of those? You mentioned hot hand when it comes to running back, or are there any others that I'm kind of blanking on as far as a starting position goes? No, you, you, you're good as far as listen, let's just say from one to 25, you can probably say that. That's where those guys are, and they're comfortable in their spots regarding, you know, top top guys starting every position. Twenty two, you're all twenty two, and then you throw in you throw in your third wide receiver. You're at twenty three now. Sprinkling a guy here or there, those guys are locked in at the positions. They know their role on this football team. But when it comes to the running backs, the thing that intrigues me most about 2021 and the running backs moving forward. Because let's face it, I've mentioned the hot hand, but as far as the start is concerned, Ronald Jones started 13 games last year. He didn't start uh, the last three games because he was hurt. So with that, you're looking at probably having the same thing moving forward for 2021. The intriguing part about the battle for the running back position and for carries is that let not no. just third down, Leonard Fournette's season didn't take off until he became playoff Lenny. Yeah. There was a whole lot of discussions that came out after the season that we found out during the season in 2020, Leonard Fournette wasn't exactly, you know, pie in the sky, happy about everything that was going around at one book and at the Advent Health Training Center. There was a point where, and if you, if you again, if you go back and look at some of the things that were discussed since they won the Super Bowl, Bruce Harris had to pull him up and tell him, get your act right or pack your bags. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what Bruce told. Stop whining, play football. This is a winning organization. We're trying to be a winning organization. We're trying to get there with a six-time at the time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Get your act right. But now we go into 2021 and Leonard Fournette had the playoff he had and has gotten his act right. So moving forward, I don't know how much that affects what we see in 2021 and how that affects Ronald Jones and his carries. Don't forget, he was only less, less than 30 yards from being a thousand yard back. That's pretty impressive considering what we saw from Ronald Jones his first couple of years, mm -hmm. the way he struggled to couldn't break 50 his rookie year. And I completely agree with you. I think that obviously Fournette has a better chance to come in and take that starting job from Rojo than he did last year coming in, uh, you know, so late in the game. And you mentioned how things didn't go his way early. I said multiple times on this podcast, if you're a regular listener, you know how I feel about that and how I felt even about the possibility of bringing Leonard Fournette back in that 
I wasn't 100% keen on it. I wasn't against it, but I thought that Ronald Jones throughout the majority of the season last year proved that he is a number one running back in the league. And I didn't necessarily think that you needed a guy like uh, Leonard Fournette, but he did sign an incentive laden contract. It didn't really go against the cap or anything like that. So, okay, I'm cool with it. I'm interested. Let's backtrack a second though, because I don't think, I don't, I'm not saying that Fournette is going to, threaten Ronald Jones from a starting position standpoint. I'm talking about in regards to the amount of carries okay. that's balanced out between the two guys. Now, again, you go with the hot hand, as I mentioned, Bruce's, Bruce's approach has always been pretty clear. Going with the hot hand. But whether Ronald Jones starts all 16, the carries is what matters most come actual game action. And we, I mentioned it when you were talking about the intriguing thing when it comes to running back. And I guess you can almost consider third down running back a starting position. And I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out. Is Leonard Fournette still this team's third down running back, even though they had LaShawn McCoy last year? A lot of times on third down, you saw Leonard Fournette out there either behind or next to Tom Brady. But this year, uh, the Bucks signed Giovanni Bernard, which I think is an upgrade over LaShawn McCoy last year. And then you have a guy going into his second season looking to take a big step in Keyshawn Vaughn. So I think that looking at those two guys and how training camp goes for those two could possibly go a long way in terms of who is going to get more opportunity during the season. Because when you're already competing with two guys like a, like a Fournette and like a Ronald Jones, you're not going to be out there on first and second down likely. So you're going to have to prove that you're the best pass catcher on this team as far as running backs go. And Keyshawn Vaughn has a long way to go as far as proving that. I think it's more likely that we see Vaughn on special teams than a guy like Giovanni Bernard. I do think that this training camp is, uh, is very important for Gio because I think if he doesn't have a great training camp, I think you're looking at a guy like Vaughn who's younger who you are probably going to play more on special teams that you can say, okay, we'll go with Leonard still as the third down back and we'll have, and we'll have Vaughn and maybe there's not a clear slot for Gio and maybe he's inactive for a lot of games like LaShawn McCoy was last year. No, I disagree. Here's the reason why I disagree. And you brought up the 2020 season when it came to Fournette being that third down back and them not turning to LaShawn McCoy. Um, no disrespect to LaShawn McCoy, but I think the, 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 the tread was thin on those tires, i.e. he's not even in the league right now. So, again, and there's, there's teams that could probably use a guy who is a legit third down back, but for sure, whether or not he's actually that legit um, for 2021. Again, he's had a, an awesome career, but at this point in his career, as we may have found out in 2020, being here, the tread on the tires is a little bit light. The reason why I think Fournette gives up that third down back roll is because you're talking about a guy in Giovanni Bernard who is probably, in my opinion, the best catching receiver as far as a running back's concerned. On this team, for in this sure. Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this group, he's he, he's got the best set of hands, and he he's probably he's – probably, caught more balls and and either other well certainly more than Jones and certainly more than Fournette because he's been in the league longer he's been in the league nine years or ten years he knows that role he's 
probably ready to embrace that role, especially with the fact that he's coming to a football team that is coming off winning a Super Bowl and he was stuck in Cincinnati where he might have saw the playoffs a couple of times under Marvin Lewis, but didn't get anywhere past the first round. So you got to think in terms as far as a veteran's concerned, you accept that role, you embrace that role because guys know, and, and mentally they may think and their mind may tell them they can play a whole long time in this league in nine years. I still got go. No, reality is, and like, like I said, deep down in their heart, they know that they've got a shot right here, 2021, to be a part of something special here. And I think Gio's going to accept that role as far as a third-bound basket. So think about it. Here's a guy that's accustomed to being part of the tandem, being a part of a guy that's going to share carries, just like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are going to do here in 2021. Yep. But yet he's here now, and he's accepting his role as being a third-down back. And the reason why Fournette, again, Fournette, did it last year was because it was almost like by defeat, by default, because, you know, LaShawn McCoy was basically, again, the tread was kind of light on those tires. And I'm with you 100%. I think that Gio is going to embrace the role 100%. That's why he came here to the Buccaneers. He knew what that running back depth chart looked like. I don't think that he's in a situation where he thinks he's going to uh, going to compete with those guys as far as taking carries away uh, on a uh, on a first and second down basis. So I think he's going to embrace the role. It's just a matter of how he looks in training camp and how he looks in preseason. And again, with Giovanni Bernard, there are always questions about whether he can stay healthy. I'm not necessarily worried about that in training camp and preseason, but we'll see how that plays out throughout the season. I mentioned kick returner. We'll get to that in a second when we talk about uh, guys that could possibly make the team or miss the team. But let's talk about one that I didn't mention. Uh, If it is a battle at all, I think it's going to be interesting to see talking about the defensive backfield and talking about the cornerbacks. In today's NFL, you see so many Nickel is basically your base defense for a lot of teams. So guy, so Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, and Sean Murphy bunting are all going to see the field a lot. But in your opinion, do you think that's a battle at all for as far as, you know, who are the two stalwarts on the outside going into this season? Um, no, because as you mentioned, the way the NFL is based defensively right now, guys are going to get their, they're going to get their reps. They're going to get their opportunities on the football field, uh, based off of matchups week to week, depending on how, how Todd Bowles runs that defense. I mean, there may be a small percentage that changes week to week as far as plays are concerned. But for the most part, the three guys you mentioned, Carlton certainly is going to be on the football field a higher percentage than the other two as far as Murphy Bunting and Dean's concerned. But yeah. Dean and Murphy Bunting are going to be right there next to each other as far as the amount of playing time is concerned. So I don't think that's, I don't think that's a battle. I, I think that's, that goes along with, as I mentioned earlier, you take your first guy on the roster, you take it, you take your 11 on defense, 11 on, on offense, that's 22 roster spots. And you sprinkle in a couple of more, like your third wide receiver, your second, your, your, your third corner, your nickel corner. And now you're up to 24, 25 spots that already claimed. And that's where, 
the Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean situation falls into. One of those guys is maybe listed number one on the depth chart. Another guy might be listed as number two, but it's not much of a difference. What about a tight end? Is there a bat? It, it's it, is there That's a battle intriguing. there? Yeah. That's intriguing, and here's why it's intriguing. And it's and it's not so much for me about Gronkowski because it's about the other, other two than, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because other than other than maybe Gronk, maybe you know being on the other side of uh, that that uh, eighteen hole golf course, being at the tenth. He's on his back 11th, nine. Yeah, for eleventh sure. or twelfth. Yeah, you know he he's on that. But he's not just on the back nine, dude. Remember, this is a guy who retired. he's down the he's down the stretch. He's like sixteen. Oh, no. he, yeah, he's he's, a, he's on the island green at TPC Sawgrass. Oh no, dude. He he he's he's Tiger Woods walking up the eighteenth U.S. Yo U.S. Open <laughs> leading against the golf club like he was playing Rocco Media again, yep. and uh, you know he's like leading. You know, man, my knee hurts a little bit, so. God bless him because he's because he certainly was productive last year and he was he was a you know red zone target in the playoffs and uh, you know he had he's seven still the touchdowns last year too. out of the three too I think had seven touchdowns last year in the regular season before the, before the the offense took off into the playoffs and had they run near the end of the regular season where they put up those forty points the way they did um, but the intriguing thing is that you got a OJ Howard who you and I were there draft night when he was drafted. And, you know, talked about the games that he had right here in Raymond James Stadium as a college player with Alabama against Clemson and how impressive as he was. And he certainly has sprinkled in some of those games where you saw him catch two touchdowns in one game against the Eagles back when Fitzmagic was doing his thing. But overall, and this, listen, the kid's a beast. He looks like he should be, you know, the the one of the best tight ends in the NFL. He should be. He looks the role. Can can be faster than 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 most linebackers, and he's certainly bigger than most safeties. So he's a mismatch for for anyone, and that's how most tight ends are right now. Whether it be Kelsey or Kittle, just run them down. Those guys are, are mismatches for the defense, safeties, and linebackers. Wow, if you want to look at it. But the problem is he can't stay on the football field. Started one game last year, and, and, and granted, Gronk's going to start a lot of those games, but they still won two tight end offense. And if he were able to stay healthy, he would be on that football field with Gronkowski playing the two tight end offense. But he can't stay healthy, and he's in a contract year. And then don't forget, a couple of years ago, we were talking about, I don't, when I say we, I mean the Tampa Bay area, was talking about whether or not he was going to get traded for a draft pick. Yeah. Remember those conversations? So OJ Howard 2021 is a make or break year as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not just talking about the Bucs. I'm talking about the NFL. For sure. I agree with you. I, I mean, I think no matter what, unless he has an, another big injury this year, I think he's, you mentioned being in a contract here. Somebody will still take a flyer on him just because of the possible potential. I don't think he's going to yeah, be this, out of the league. No, no, no. But I know you're talking about a contract no, here. You're right. He wants they to cash take a in. flyer. Cash in on that on a yeah, big money dude. contract. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And you want to talk? It, and- it's one thing. It's one thing to have a, not have a job. It's another thing to go out sixteen games in twenty twenty one and put up fifty catches from Tom Brady and an eight touchdown season yeah. and you know eight hundred or nine hundred. Finally, yards. make your fantasy owners happy. 
and be productive where, yeah. where a team's not just taking a flyer. They're like, we need that guy in our offense. No, I'm with you on that. And then you can even talk about a guy like Cam Brait who had his ups and downs during the entire season last year. But in the playoffs, he was one of Brady's most reliable targets. You talked about Gronkowski being a target in the red zone, but in that wild card weekend game at Washington, Washington Brait mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. guy who got the Bucks mm-hmm. going on offense. Mm-hmm. So you can say what you will about, about Cam Brait and whether he's worth that contract that he signed a couple of years ago. If you look at it now, it's not as bad as it initially looked based on what other tight ends are making and how much he counts against the cap and that's a guy who just restructured to give the bucks more flexibility going into this season as well so oj is competing with a guy in cam Brate who has proven to tom brady that he can be reliable in the most important situations and huge bruce, bruce arians is still the head coach of this football team but tom brady wants the guys he knows can be reliable on huge. the football field with him Huge. When they needed to get a first down against Washington, they went to Cam Brady. Think about the weapons on this football team. And that was probably that was probably the worst game for Chris Godwin as a pro. Yep. And, and ironically, it came, it came after how, and I believe it was Chris Collinsworth, because it was an NBC game. And it I was I, I, I want to say it was Collinsworth. Prime time, yep who was bragging about Godwin's hands and how Brady told him Godwin has the best hands. And ever since that statement came out, he had like two or three drops. And I mean drops, not, you know, off one leg, put his hand up. He had two hands on the football and had drops. And Mm -hmm. Chris very rarely has done that in his NFL career. That may have been his worst game for one of the guys who was leading that offense, as you mentioned, was Cam Bray. And when Tom needed a first down, Thomas Edward Patrick Jr. needed a first down. He went to, he went to number 84, Cam Brady. You mentioned that contract. What's weird about that contract is, dude, we've been going like back, back and forth for like three or four years now in regards to that contract. Yeah. <laughs> is he gonna be the is he gonna be the casualty guy? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, is this the year Cam's gonna get cut? Is this the year Cam's gonna get traded? Nope. What's the market value? What's the market value for Cam Brayton? Blah 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 blah. And then the dude just goes out there and just plays, and he's reliable. Um, the thing about it, though, is those three guys are locked in, and, and certainly moving forward, there'll be, have to be decisions to make regarding Gronk and OJ and Cam. But for 2021, they got to figure out the fourth one if they're going to even carry four tight ends, too, because, you know, Tanner Hudson has certainly been a preseason um, darling, and they certainly put up numbers in the preseason. But he may get pissed, lost a spot because there's no guarantee that that he stays on uh, here in Tampa Bay. Well, and if there's there's a situation too, if he continues to show out in preseason and in, in training camp, if the Bucks are in a situation where they're like, we want to hold on to him, but we might put him on the practice squad, I'm sure another team might want to snatch him up to be a part of their actual roster. So that's definitely a situation when we're talking about now. We'll transition in to guys as far as making the team goes and i'm going to tie it in with the position battles and you met, and we mentioned it as far earlier as far as kick returner goes i think jalen darden the rookie uh out of north texas 
That's who the Bucs want to walk in on day one and be their kick return specialist and possibly, you know, get some playing time at receiver as well, even though that is a very, very crowded position. I think that I think 100 percent, no matter what, even if you want to throw in a guy like Justin Watson, I think Justin Watson has some worries as far as he's going to make this football team, even though I still like his, his prospects, even though because of how crowded this wide receiver room is, he hasn't had a ton of chance to show that on Sundays. I think that he's a little bit of a different piece as far as who's going to make the team. But I think either Jalen Darden or Jaden Mickens is going to be on this football team. And I think that Darden definitely has the inside track because the Bucks used a pretty high draft pick on him. I think that Jaden Mickens is going to have to do something spectacular uh, during this training camp, or Darden is going to have to completely fall on his face as far as making this team goes. I think that that is a, a straight-up battle, and I would be shocked to see the Bucs uh, cut Darden after uh, using a pick on him. Well, you mentioned the practice squad, and certainly, unfortunately for the Bucs, if they were to try to squeeze Mickens through the practice squad, you might get him. You might get him scooped up by another team that needs a return guy. Because yeah. when you're talking about those two players, their threats as far as the kickoff return game is. But you got two guys who are experienced doing the job. Certainly, maybe Darden has obviously hasn't done it in the NFL yet. Preseason means a lot to that position battle in my eyes. I agree because. Because here you're getting your, your first shot and seeing Darden being able to handle that going, moving, moving forward. And you certainly don't want to get rid of Mickens after not knowing that Darden can handle this. So that's, that's going to be huge. Preseason is going to be huge. But with that, I don't know that you actually get rid of Mickens. You probably try to squeeze him through the practice squad because – what are you left with if you don't keep McDonald or you don't keep Mickens? Bernard, maybe? It's been a time. It's been a long time, man. It's been a long time. <laughs> Antonio Brown? <laughs> oh, it's been a longer time. <laughs> wow. You talk about guys who 11, 12 uh, years in the league? Yeah, I know. And, you know, and you want to, you know. Antonio's been around. I mean, don't get me wrong. Antonio is when it comes to his his routine and his fitness and his ability to stay on the football field, beast. He's a beast. Um, but but still, you want to risk your third wide receiver on kickoff returns? Mm, and I know they're deep. Don't get me wrong. I know they're deep because you're gonna throw at me, Scotty Miller, and you're gonna. Throw I mean, me is he really your Tyler third Johnson. wide receiver? Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say, is he really your third wide receiver? I'm not sure he's going to be come the start of the season. Just being honest. You think it's going to be Skyler Miller? You think it's going or to be Tyler, Tyler Johnson? Johnson? Yeah, I think both oh, of no. those guys have a shot at it. No. No. Antonio Brown may be the best third wide receiver on any football team. I'll leave you with that. You can go. You, you can. Especially. Your knee tonight, your little daughter, beautiful little daughter, by the way, you can have her on your knee tonight and ponder what Uncle Lenny just said. <laughs> Is Antonio Brown the 
best third wide receiver in the NFL. And you can go team by team all you want while you're playing with Presley Rain on your knee. And you get back to me. And I you will. can throw candidates at me. No, and for sure can, I will. But understand I, something, tough nothing's guy. Nothing's coming to mind off the top of my head, tough but guy. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something, I'm sure. No, 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 it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. But here's the thing, tough guy. Don't forget, Antonio Brown nearly had 1,000 yards last year. I know. You keep As a the- third wide receiver. You daggone right. Because the dude yeah. just, he just shook. I'm throwing it at you. No, 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 for sure. No, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm saying that that is an impressive stat. When you first brought it up, I didn't even expect that his numbers were that good. Didn't play 16 games and is your third wide receiver. And he's nearly getting a thousand yards. Yep. So, I mean, listen, Tyler Johnson's going to have his day. Scotty Miller certainly has his purpose in this league. But when it comes to the third wide receiver position on this football team, unless Antonio AB goes sideways, it's going to be AB. Is there a path for Justin Watson to make this football team? Man, you know, every year we, we the same way we go through Cameron Brake, mm-hmm. you know, kicking him to the curb. <laughs> we do the same thing with the wide receivers. We've been doing it for since we've known each other, right? The yep. last four or five years, yep. every year at camp, ah, Bobo Wilson. Ah, you, you know, we run down the names. Do we just run them down all the time and just, you know, pack people's bags or we put them on the team and before you know it, their bags are packed or they're not, mm-hmm. you know, they, they haven't, you know, they have made the team. Um, and here we are again, doing the same thing. I, I think, I hate to say it, but I think, uh, Justin's time, I think his time is over when it comes to this football team. And you, he's not going to be – it would be tough to even get Mickens through the practice squad as much as I mentioned it. You know, it's more likely that the Bucks keep Don and Mickens than keep Watson. Because I, w- I agree with you. Because you're talking about clearly – I mean, and we can talk about the phases of the game, obviously the offense, defense, special teams, but kickoff return, dude, that's huge. It is huge. And Watson does the things that he does, but you can find someone to do the things that he does. I'm not saying his special teams value is not there. He's a great value, special teams player. Has made plenty oh, no of great tackles. No, no doubt. Yeah. He tackles, no doubt. The guy, he, he has a knack for finding a football on special teams, and not everybody has that. But enough people have that and you can get someone else to do what he does as opposed to risking putting Mickens out there losing him and then having a rookie as your guy back there for all 17 games that's why I think it's probably Mickens and Darden and Watson loses out and I think that I think he's on an NFL roster in 2021 I think he would get he wouldn't get through the practice squad he will get picked up because he is that like you look at the guy's size and his skill set coming out of college there's a reason why people compared him to Mike Evans obviously a sixth round pick coming out of Penn is not the same thing as a seventh overall pick in the draft uh coming out of Texas A&M so it's that it's completely it's a completely different situation there but I do think that he ends up on a roster I think that his path to making the Tampa Bay Buccaneers unfortunately is if one of those guys that we talk about that have a guaranteed spot 
Evans, Godwin, Brown, Miller, and Johnson, if one of those guys get hurt. I think that that's how Justin Watson would slide into making making this roster come opening day. And I hate to say it because uh, I've liked the guy since he's been here, and I've and I've liked his uh, his potential and what he can bring not only on special teams, but what he could potentially bring uh, on offense as well. Uh, Lynn, now let's let's move on from position battles. Maybe I missed one or guys possibly making the team. Let's talk about are there any other storylines that you're going to be looking for uh, as far as training camp goes? Did I skip a guy, a surprising guy that's going to be fighting to make the team? Is there anything else that you're specifically going to have your eye on? People know what I'm going to what I'm going to say here as far as uh, the backup quarterback position goes. Oh, we can go there. Tough guy. We can go there. I'm, I'm not going to stretch it out. The people, the, I want to see Kyle Trask prove that he is ready to be Tom Brady's backup in 2021. And that might be more than anything else. The number one thing that I'm watching for in this training camp. Is it the end of the world? If he doesn't prove that no, but I, if he doesn't prove that I'm not so sure that he is going to be the successor to Tom Brady. Like a lot of people think he will be. Well, you can, I'll you leave can, it at that. You can pull that cart before the horse all you want, tough guy. Um, but I don't know why. I don't know why all of a sudden I became Axel <laughs> <actual> Duggan. Who's <laughs> oh. <laughs> got a two by four hanging up? Two by four and an American flag on the wall right behind them. Oh, uh, God bless Axel Jim Duggan. The stories uh, back in the 80s where, where uh, two guys that were actually battling in the ring. Drove down the Jersey Turnpike and smoking weed together. <laughs> if you don't know the story, Google it. Hacksaw Duggan at Iron Sheik. Uh, Any story involving the Iron Sheik is is worth your time, though. Oh, one of the best Twitter follows <laughs> out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, uh, most folks are slowly but surely learning this. But Jabroni, as much as I love the rock. Been uh, wrestling vernacular forever. It certainly was, but everyone jumped on it and claimed that the attitude era um, started it, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson started it. And like I said, I'm a big fan of uh, Dewey Johnson, but uh, he didn't start that <laughs> that phrase. <laughs> That's not his. We'll give him SmackDown. He started SmackDown. He got SmackDown in Webster's Dictionary. Yep. He didn't get jabroni. The Iron Sheik did. But anyway, um, I digress. We digress because that's your fault because you brought it up. <laughs> um, you brought up the two by four. <laughs> but as far as guys, I mean, you're the one that was tough guy. I know. I've said it a couple of times to you today. <laughs> uh, when it comes to Kyle Trask, it's 2021. It's his rookie season. And, you know, he's not a first round. Well, okay. He's not a first-round pick. And for all the first-round picks that may not even start a game in 2021 when it comes to quarterbacks, you want this guy to How many of those are there? I mean... Maybe one? Mac Jones? Yeah. That's all you need is one. Okay. See the all the... Well, maybe Lance doesn't either. Okay. Maybe Uh, there's two. Thank you. Maybe there's two. There's two. And I mean, Justin Fields may may start, but I don't I don't know when he's going to start. So again, you want Trask to just push the other two guys out of the way and be the first player 
to be ready to play if and when Tom Brady is not ready to play. Again, there's guys in this league that, that, that are going to be drafted, that are drafted higher than he is, that are not going to see the field in 2021. But they're going to be First the backup picks, quarterback. The future, the franchise future quarterbacks that you just mentioned for those teams. Mac Jones, New England, the future. Trey Lance, the future. Did the Bucs not draft just, Kyle Trask to be the future? They did. But what I'm telling you is you want this guy to be the first guy that plays on a championship-type team if Tom Brady can't play. And that's not how it works, dude. You got a capable backup in Blaine Gavitt. And you have a coach that has openly said he's probably the, the most underrated backup quarterback in the NFL. You think Trask is going to all of a sudden push that guy out of the way and be in line? He to, should be, to be able to. Uh, uh, you know what, man? I'm starting to learn. I'm starting to learn what your wife goes through, man. <laughs> that bullhead, man. <laughs> I mean, stop banging. You got the back of my head and you're banging against the wall. And I'm telling you, stop. I can't make a hole, man. You, you continuously want to bang my head against the wall and tell me, well, he should be able to. I just explained to you that there's teams that are not going to play the okay. franchise quarterback in 2021, but you want Kyle Trask to be ready to play. That's not so, how it works. So obviously that's not a huge storyline to you. Is there a huge storyline? No, it is a huge storyline okay. because they have to decide how they're going to move forward with, with four quarterbacks. Granted, they had four on their they had four on their team last year, but the last one was on the practice squad in Josh Rosen, right? And he got picked yeah. up by another team late in the season. So this year, if they move forward and put Ryan Griffin on the practice squad, in all likelihood, your three quarterbacks that are going to make the roster moving forward whatever date it is in early September, September 1st, and you got that 53-man roster, your three-quarterback, your depth chart's going to be Brady, Gabbitt, and Trask. And Ryan Griffith's going to be squeezed through if they can get him through the practice squad. And he has to decide whether or not he wants to stay here in Tampa Bay where he knows the system, he knows the quarterback room, he knows the team, He's comfortable in carrying Tom Brady off another boat parade <laughs> after Tom's done tequila with no carbs in his system. If Ryan Griffin's cool with that, he can stay here. Or he may get scooped up on another, by another football team. But he's probably not going to find a better situation because Ryan Griffin, for what it's worth, and we finally got to see him after four years taking snaps, he is what he is. He's the third or fourth quarterback in this, you know, in, in, in this league on, on any football team. I mean, maybe there, maybe there's a scenario where he has a more clear path to getting some playing time. But if there is, there aren't there, there isn't a clear path to Ryan Griffin stepping on the field on Sundays. He's just going to have to hope that he can either stay on the, on the practice squad or if the Bucks decide they aren't going to keep him on the practice squad because they're going to give those reps that would normally go to a practice squad quarterback to a Kyle Trask, and they want to keep someone, someone else a different position on the practice squad if he gets picked up elsewhere. That's going to be the interesting thing 
in talking about Ryan Griffin. And we're talking about this situ these situations and situations where these guys might go on the football field. One of the biggest storylines that it go we go into every single NFL season saying, going into every training camp saying is health. The Bucs, uh, they need to stay healthy. And that's obviously going to be something that you're going to have to watch going through the football season. Tom Brady was recovering from, from a torn MCL. People know the history, the injury history of, of Rob Gronkowski. That's going to have to be something that we keep an eye on throughout all of training camp and moving forward in, in this during the season because a big part of a team being able to go back-to-back -back is you rarely go uh, two seasons in a row without having a big injury on your football team. The Bucs did have a couple last year. Chris Godwin went through some injury struggles. You mentioned Ronald Jones late in the season, Vita Vea as well. So staying healthy is going to be a big storyline. And I hate to say it, but man, we've seen the news come out today as far as, you know, as far as COVID-19. And that's going to be a big storyline uh, moving forward. We heard Bruce Arians tell us at the end of mandatory minicamp that he didn't see a reason for uh, his players not to be vaccinated. There was news coming out today as far as players possibly missing game checks or forfeiture of games because of teams not being able to field uh, as many players because players on the team choose not to get vaccinated and the tweet has been deleted. But I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen what Leonard Fournette put out there today. So moving forward, it, it goes hand in hand with health. COVID-19 is going to be a storyline, not only through training camp, but once we get into the regular season. Vaccine, I can't do it. That's yep. Leonard Fournette's tweet. Yep. So just to, just to keep people in the loop, that's exactly what he said. Vaccine, I can't do it. Look, not, and not to get along those lines as far as the vaccine, not vaccine, whatever. But you're right, because you would have thought that after establishing what we've established so far in the world that we live in, that you would have moved forward from this. But you have, on a daily basis, people coming out and voicing their opinion. And it's, it's their right to do it. And not only that, but- Fournette wasn't the only one today. DeAndre Hopkins, no, DeAndre Hopkins Jonathan, Jonathan Feliciano, multiple nope. guys. And, it, and, I, and ironically, you know, some folks, and I'm going to go down this road. Get ready, Trey Downey. I'm ready. <laughs> put, put your seatbelt on. Some people of being vaxxed, not being vaxxed, more along the lines of like a color thing, like a race thing, or they think in the terms of, of poor, rich thing. I'm here to tell you, that's not the case. And this is an opinion, this is fact, because we just mentioned it, right? Everyone wants to jump on Cole Beasley in regards to his stance when it came to vaccination, no vaccination. Well, Cole Beasley is white. <laughs> Last I checked, okay? And the two players we mentioned today about not getting vaccinated are African-American. So don't tell me it's about race. Don't tell me about rich, about rich or poor. I got, I've got plenty of people that I know that are certainly not in a position to be millionaire football players that don't want to get vaccinated. I know plenty of people that are like you and I, Trey Downey, grinders. And you know what? They don't want to get vaccinated. And that's their choice. 
you would have thought again that this would not be the case that you would move on from this because supposedly, you know, we're going back to the new norm. We're not there yet, dude. We're not. And, and you just watched it a week ago, less than seven days ago, where they had to cancel a major league baseball game because of what? A breakout college base, baseball team couldn't participate in the college baseball world series. Look at what's going on Why? with the Olympics right now too. So a breakout. So it is no telling what we might see in 2021. Granted, there's a length of time between games and there's, there's, there's seven days as opposed to Major League Baseball back-to-back, NBA back-to-back. Mm-hmm. But still, there's always a risk, especially if you're talking about players using their freedom to decide whether or not they get vaccinated or not. And you don't have, even if you have 100%, Again, I mentioned the, the Yankees Red Sox game being canceled. Supposedly the Yankees baseball team was 88, 90% vaccinated, and players on that team that were vaccinated got COVID. So with that, again, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can move, you can move away from this as much as you want. The reality is this is part of, of certainly the 2021 football season. Yeah, and I'm not going to go super into it, but I'm going to encourage people to go out and get reliable information when it comes to, when it comes to getting vaccinated. Yes, it is a hundred percent your choice, but go out, get reliable sources of information and do your research. And I think you'll come to a pretty clear decision. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Lynn, we are just a few days away from, from <laughs> just like, you just went for a scope on me, man. That's all I got to say about that. Jenny. Life is like a box of chocolates, Lynn. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, the Buccaneers. I'm going into a Boston accent. What am I doing? I'm stopping Yeah, I don't know why you're doing a bad force. Training camp's just a a couple days away. Hopefully during this All you got to do is talk talk like yourself. You got the force gump in you, man. I mean... You can't see my face. If we were only on video. Yeah. All right. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Downey and Martez. Next week, we'll have actual uh, football to talk about. Uh, As I mentioned last week on this on this podcast, I am moving out of state, so I am not going to have the ability to be at Buccaneers training camp this year. But the guy, the other guy that you can follow on Twitter at Elmar eight ten will be at training camp throughout various days during uh, during the season. Are you going on Sunday for the first day of camp, Lynn? Elmar 810. Follow me, you'll find out. So we'll talk about what happens during the first week of training camp there uh, next week on this podcast and continue as we get closer in to preseason does Aaron Rodgers show up tons of stuff to talk about around the NFL as well he just said follow him on Twitter at Elmar 810 follow myself on Twitter at CD experience follow Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore nation and check out BucksNation.com. Jenny they're sending me to Vietnam it's a whole nother country until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Jenny. Nation podcast. Jenny!